What is up? Coming to you live from the jungle of our little tiger, it's time for another episode of Dre's Geek Philosophy Podcast. It's Monday. You know, it's always Monday when we do these shows. It is February 1st. We're, we're already in the second month of 2021, and the stuff has already been wild. Clearly, it, it's already been wild AF. We, we, we still have the, the chaos... Of, of GameStop. You're welcome, honey. That was for you. <laughs> a little slight little inside joke that I want to throw at my wife to see if I can make her laugh. And uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> Good show. <laughs> Gonna dig right till it, till it gets to the point. Dinosaur bones. <laughs> Things are still wild. Uh, it looks like today the GameStop stock has started to implode. So that's. That's what's happening. So we're gonna see if all the Reddit kids, as as my, one of my bosses keeps calling them, if they can survive the, the short squeeze that, that's happening, and if if Melvin Capital is gonna lose their shirts literally and figuratively, and if we have the end of trading places going on with the old Gestapo, and then we also had a we 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 had the fourth episode of Wandavision. If you haven't been watching Wandavision. Uh, you need to go fire up Disney Plus if you're a fan of, of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You need to go fire up Disney Plus. Uh, borrow someone's account if if you're one of those people who like refuses to to, to give the the big Disney your money, but you love Marvel. You, you gotta get get with it on this Wandavision. It, it was a slow roll, but yeah. We reached the peak of the roller coaster, and it has come down. Now we're on this end of the roller coaster. And then, as I found out today, uh, there's only two more episodes. There's only six episodes of WandaVision. So, and roughly, it's about 20-some-odd minutes of new content after the minute and a half of the Marvel logo. <laughs> and then, previously on WandaVision, <laughs> like, after all that, you get about 20-some-odd new minutes. So, six episodes of 20 minutes, so roughly... Your average Marvel movie. <laughs> so, uh, that, that, that was awfully surprising. I, I don't know for whatever reason. I guess I didn't do the research to find out how long these seasons were. I thought it was going to be like 10 episodes. Like an Amazon show. But, nope. Turns out, it's uh, it's going to be 6 episodes. So, this Friday is the second to last one. And next Friday will be the last episode of WandaVision. And we're all going to wonder, where are we going with this? Um... I, I, I saw a lot of stuff uh, over the weekend, people calling for um, Randall Park's character uh, to get his own show on the MCU. To, to, yeah. He should get an X-Files-style show, because since uh, Randall Park's character is an FBI agent. He's awesome. He, he's hilarious. I, I, I love Randall Park. Always be my maybe, fresh off the boat. Uh, I remember one of the first times I saw him was when he was fake Asian Jim on The Office. <laughs> they, they ran a little... Ran a little prank on Dwight, but yeah, Randall Park—he—he's great. His character—if you hadn't seen him prior to *WandaVision*, he was in *Ant-Man and the Wasp*. He was the FBI agent that was on poor Scott Lang's ass in the entire movie. But yeah, *WandaVision*. If you're not up to date, go go watch it now. It, personally, the Rose and I—we've loved it from jump. We're just like, oh. It, it, the, the first, a lot of people were, were crapping on that first episode like we talked about here a couple weeks ago like oh it just feels like an old timey show I'm like that's the point <laughs> we're establishing this you know oh the semi perfect world who is in control of the semi perfect world and episode 4 we find out who is controlling everything what is happening I had so many questions and we, had, we got answers this past Friday but unfortunately I feel like many more questions sprung from the answers that we got so hopefully in the next two episodes we get more answers it, 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 it's been it's been fun i love that show that that show is really good if they maintain this kind of quality with uh, the the falcon and the winter soldier and then loki and so on and so forth all these other disney plus shows like hey i i think they know what they're doing <laughs> We give these experts the hand. They know what's going on. Now, usually I don't get too far into the pro wrestling topic as much as I used to in the past. But this past weekend, it was a big holiday for me as far as professional wrestling goes. 
because one of one of the few things within professional wrestling, especially in regards to WWE, I know this might tune some of you out, but hey, it's my show. Uh, uh, the Royal Rumble was yesterday, and I, I made it a point to watch, even though like I really haven't been watching the WWE product, not really at all. Like, I, I've checked in during Survivor Series so I can laugh at The Undertaker's retirement, but beyond that, I was like, oh, wait, I, I love the Royal Rumble, and it's, it's, it's funny because the WWE YouTube page has been throwing stuff up. Uh, they've been throwing up the old Rumbles for free on YouTube, so uh, they've just been giving away their product now. But, so it was fun. I, I got to I got to rewatch uh, my favorite. Well, probably I have to say it's my favorite Royal Rumble. It was 1992, and it's my favorite not because of what's going on in the ring. It's my favorite because of what's going on outside the ring. Where Bobby the Brain Heenan, he was the color commentator, and he put on a tour de force, tour de force of evil commentator losing his mind. As his favorite, so the, the wrestler, like he, he made some, like he had a financial investment in Ric Flair, went in at number three. If you don't know what the Royal Rumble is, it's a, it's a long battle royale where there's 30 wrestlers and they go in one at a time every minute or two minutes, depending on the whimsy of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And the goal is to throw everyone over the, the top rope. And, it, it, and it's, it's always been one of my favorite shows just because it's, it's so chaotic and there's usually multiple stories going on as you're watching the rumble. And so with this particular rumble, like the big story was Rick, Rick Flair, and he, he had just come over to WWF, WWF at the time. And the, the WWF Championship was on the line in the world. It was the, the first time they ever did that work. The, 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 the title was held up because Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker kept hitting each other with chairs. <laughs> and they said, nope, they're both disqualified, and the title will be up for grabs at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, so Rick Flair was in it, and so Bobby Brown, who being the bad guy, he's financially invested, or that's what they made it seem like. But remember, it's, it's predetermined, it's not fake. It's a story, it's like watching Marvel, or watching, uh, or playing a video game, or, it's all fiction. It's fun. Fiction is fun. And this is why we. This is part of entertainment. Before I get anybody telling me, oh, this is fair. But this rumble, Bobby the Brain, he's going to play commentary with Gorilla Monsoon, right? one of the best parents. If you ever want to just listen to people tell you about what's happening in the ring, that that was probably one of the best parents. Bobby the Brain, he was just hilarious and just leaving his mind throughout the entire show because it's not fair to flag it's not fair to flag and he just has a funny comment like every time every two minutes a new, a new person enters the ring and he, and he has some smart ass comment even for like the bad guy wrestlers or the good guy wrestlers like oh the barbarian the barbarian he doesn't like anyone he didn't like me when I was managing him <laughs> it was just it's so great he just it, it's pure entertainment I, I, I don't know how long they're going to keep it up on my YouTube if you even if you have a passing interest in professional wrestling, I, I, I highly recommend the 1992 Royal Rumble. It's on WWE's YouTube page, maybe for the next 24, 48 hours. I don't know. But yesterday was the 2021 Royal Rumble, which uh, now because, because of the pandemic, uh, they, they they were doing all their shows at the Orlando Arena, but uh, their their lease came up <laughs> there uh, because uh, the basketball season was starting. So they transitioned over to the to, to Tampa uh, in the Tropicana baseball field. Tropicana field where the Tampa Bay Rays play. So it was actually pretty interesting. I hadn't seen this new setup. It, it looked very interesting. They, they got hundreds of monitors where people can sign up and do the Thunderdome. They, they simulate a crowd. Everyone's watching from home, much like how you see me right now if you're watching this live. There's hundreds of these monitors surrounding the ring. And it, it, it was pretty interesting. I, I really enjoyed the the, the, the the women's Royal Rumble a lot because uh, the, the wrestler I had, I had predicted was going to win, she, she had, did end up winning the whole thing. It, it was very awesome. There's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, the only thing that's been bothering me about actually both Royal Rumbles is they keep digging into the past and bringing back a lot of unlikely uh, retired wrestlers who come back for a paycheck. 
so to speak. I mean, it, it's nice and fun. It's like, oh, cool, I haven't seen such and such person. And this person hasn't been here in eight years. This person hasn't been here in 13 years. It's a, it, 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 it's very, uh, it's fun and zany, but I, uh, the, the bias blessing thing, I, I, I want someone who's here every week to, to win this thing. Uh, and that's what, in the women's rumble, that's what happened. Uh, spoilers <laughs> for, for any of you few wrestling fans who watch is uh, Bianca Belair was the one who won and she, she went in at number 3 just like it was from just uh, the shades of Ric Flair she went in at number 3 in the rumors and well she lasted all the way to the end throwing out Ric Flair's daughter <laughs> Charlotte Flair see that? see that? that, that that's how you <laughs> bring everything together and then another young uprising rising star, Rhea Ripley. It was a really fun rumble. I, I liked that one a lot. And I was able to watch most of it because my my son was Tiger was not too out of, out of control during that. I didn't pay attention for the most part. <laughs> but uh, creaky old house. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if the mic picked that up. We'll find out in post. And then the, the, the men's Royal Rumble was uh, a, a little, uh, it, it was fine. It, was, it wasn't horrible. Like I said, I always look forward to this because, yeah, see, they, they tell stories. And for me, the, the, the story I, I wanted was a, a Big E Langston. Or, well, he's not Big E Langston anymore. He's a Big E. But they, 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 I, I, I thought he was, could have been one of the ones. Yes, Damon. There was a creaky old house. Yes. You thought I farted. Nope. Creaky old house. <laughs> this whole this whole house is old creaky <laughs> the, the fun of live <laughs> streaming <laughs> programs <laughs> what what will happen next but yeah the 2020 uh, men's Royal Rumble uh, uh, they, they, they gave the win to a very very old wrestler who, who, who's barely come out of retirement Ryan says, I blame my toddler. <laughs> yeah, I've already said Tiger was asleep, so. <laughs> Although, he does drop some impressive gas. He, he is his father's son. <laughs> there, there's times where my wife has to ask me, like, is that you or Ty? <laughs> and I'm like, I can say it with full confidence, oh, no, that was Ty, that one. <laughs> if it stinks, oh, you know it's me. <laughs> his don't stink as bad. He's very clean. He, he's clean for a toddler. He doesn't have 40-year-old guts. Yeah, he doesn't have 40-plus-year-old guts. But yeah, the, the, the rumble was, was fun. And I, it, it's funny, a piece of news that I didn't touch on last week, uh, which might be significant to some of you, I, it, it's clearly significant. This might be the last thing I watch on the WWE Network as we know it. So apparently old... Vincent Kenny McMahon was, was, was given an offer he couldn't refuse. Uh, NBC Universal, looking for content for their Peacock app. It looks like all the WWE stuff is just going to move on over to Peacock. Uh, I mean, they're already in bed together. Uh, WWE, uh, two out of their three major shows are on USA Network, which is under the NBC Universal umbrella. And so they are already been in business for a good while now. But uh, it looks like they're, they're going further in the business world. They're going to migrate their 2 million subscribers to the WWE Network who are they're just going to automatically become Peacock subscribers. I mean, premium Peacock subscribers. I mean, I fork over my 10 bucks a month for the WWE, but apparently now I'm going to get WWE with a whole bunch of The Office and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, which, I, you know, I, I can't be mad. <laughs> like, cool. It's just going to move all over into the Peacock app, which I feel is kind of weird synergy. I mean, because as we've discussed before, the, the, I, I feel like WWE was what really kicked off the streaming wars here. Where instead of creating, because for years, WWE was going to create their own channel on on, tele, on cable, but that clearly didn't happen. And it, it eventually became, what, what, six years ago? It, it was like six years ago, around this time, they launched their own streaming service on Because the UFC had done it with their Fight Pass. But they was the first one to actually be relatively successful with it. And, and that kind of inspired them. Hey, people are willing to pay for 
for a direct service of just of a, of a niche product. I mean, and now we have colonies, streaming services everywhere. It's it's it's, it's chaos. So, you know, we have Netflix. We already had Netflix, and they were about there throwing in their lot to create their own content, especially Netflix. Uh, Disney has their own thing. Warner Brothers now with HBO Max. Um, what do you call it? CB, uh, I think CBS All Access is going to become Paramount Plus soon. Uh, everyone has their own specialty thing where they have their own content. But now, WWE seeing the writing on the wall, I guess. Like, well, there's too many, <laughs> there's too many uh, options. NBC Universal, desperate for content, and honestly, desperate for paying subscribers. Because you tell me, I go from ten bucks of only getting WWE, and I get ten bucks gets me WWE and all the NBC stuff. My wife can watch World of Dance anytime she feels like. How's that sound? <laughs> can uh, probably catch all the Brooklyn. Uh, although I think all the Brooklyn Nine Nines on Hulu, but having knows when that's gonna leave and up and go to Peacock. Who knows? <laughs> but the way all these streaming services fight over this stuff. Uh, I, as a big fan of The Office, I just like I know Ryan Tanaka right there is also a big fan of The Office. I can't be mad because, all right, cool. I mean, I have all the office on DVD. That's why I, I wasn't too, you know, dismayed. I'm like, oh, it's leaving Netflix and going to to, to Peacock. I'm like, well, I guess that means all the if I, I want to have a hankering for the office, I'm going to have to get out the old DVDs and dust those off. But apparently, no, no. I'm at, at some point this month, uh, my, my, my W account is going to become a Peacock account. And, uh, I guess they have a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, I'll see. They have a bunch of they have a bunch of uh, Universal movies on there. So, oh, not too bad. Maybe some fun stuff to watch on there. Uh, among whatever Peacock originals, I, I think the only concern among wrestling fans is if uh, if WWE is going to continue producing original content. Obviously, all their stuff is going to be on there. If you want to watch WrestleMania, you have to watch it on Peacock now. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes uh, in, a, in a wrestling discussion group that I'm in and I was like as long as their surfers can handle Wrestlemania that's all I care about <laughs> when, when Wrestlemania comes around it's uh, I, again the, the streaming wars continue to get more and more weird uh, uh, and then I, I just saw an ad today where oh uh, the, 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 they have a Disney Plus combo pack where you get Disney Plus and ESPN and Hulu. That was when they initially introduced that. Oh, it was uh, the Hulu with ads. But I guess now they're offering, oh, you can get Disney Plus with ESPN and ad-free Hulu for whatever. I don't know if they're doing a promotional price or some sort of thing. It, it just, it, this whole streaming thing, you know, we, we've been talking about it for four plus years here on this show. And, uh, it, it, it's it, it's wild. I mean, all the, the, the DC Universe, that was another niche streaming app which got obliterated and is now part of HBO Max. So, uh, I, I was looking through it. Uh, my wife and I were watching Gangs of New York over the weekend. Which, another funny side note. Gangs of New York, I, I watched it during the movie challenge of 2016. Something else we talked about recently. But I could not remember a damn thing about that movie. I think maybe that was a side effect of the movie challenge of trying to watch 366 movies within 366 days, especially in that one. Because I, I looked back, it was in the home stretch when I was doing two, three movies a day. I think there's a lot of movies where I just watched and I was like, all right, take that out of my brain and move on to the next one. Unless it was really, really good, like Casablanca or Charade good. Oh, those stayed in my brain, but I was just like, Rosa put it on, and I'm like, let's watch games in New York. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, oh, I was like, uh, DiCaprio and crazy ass freaking uh, Daniel Day Lewis and Cameron Diaz. All right, cool. And I remember the beginning, there, there's a big fight at the very beginning. Everything else after that, like, I kept looking at Rosa, and I don't remember any of this. I'm like, I think I've seen this movie. I go, I check my, my I have, and of course, my phone, I have a list of the, the movies I watch. I'm like, there it was, like 300 28 or 338, and then uh, this morning I was like, you know what, I, I had this like, let me go back and see what my my Twitter review was of that, and I like, go back and I check my Twitter review, it's like, oh, dang on Day Lewis was good, everything else was meh, I'm like, well, maybe that's why I didn't remember it, 
I mean, this second time around, I felt like I was, you know, because I wasn't trying to cram in a bunch of movies, I was able to focus a little more, and I, I enjoyed it a lot more this time around. And just as I was just like, how do I not remember everything that happened? So, how do I not remember the freaking New York, the freaking draft riot breaking out the ground and ruining the epic final battle between uh, DiCaprio and Dan and Lewis? I was like, I don't remember any of this. This movie was a lot better than when I watched it six years, five, well, five years ago, I should say. It, it, that, that was something funny to have me over the weekend. Uh, I, see, uh, I see Rolando, you're watching, so since you're watching, I'm going to tell a, a, a couple of funny GameStop stories. Because um, I, I, I think it was a, a story I shared with you and uh, two of our other compatriots via text, because Rolando and I both, we served our time at GameStop, along with our good friends, Sean Hornbuckle and Jai Polidor. Well, we, we, we've all served time at the big old Gestapo, and they, they've been on the top of the news cycle, for better or for worse. And not by anything they've done themselves, but, but the chaos that's going on in Wall Street. And so we, we were talking about it, and, and so I was recounting a story. I recounted a story to Rolando and Sean and Jai about an encounter I had with a district manager. And I was like, oh, I hadn't told this story to my wife. I told this story to my wife last night and I'll, I'll tell you guys a story but I, I want to preface this I realized I told this story without context of, of, of me verbally just ripping a DM apart and then I was like oh okay that's kind of funny I guess and then this morning at work I realized oh why did I hate that guy so much and why did I rip him a new one and as I was at work this morning I was like organizing an order I had pulled my brain just decided you know Whatever, however our brains work, whether you imagine it as some sort of computer or me, I imagine a bunch of little me running around a bunch of file cabinets. <laughs> there was a one of the one of the guys in that file cabinet or a program in my head was like, "Oh, hey, we found we found the reason why you hate that guy." <laughs> and then I got home today from work and I told my wife, "Oh, hey." I realized, contextually, you had no idea what I was talking about. Let me tell you this other story and explain why I hate this guy. <laughs> so now, let me tell you guys, those of you who are watching, especially you, Rolando, uh, you may or may not remember one or both these stories, <laughs> Rolando, or any other GameStop people who may end up watching this at some point. So let, let, let's take it back to 2005. Or, yeah, 2005, very early in 05. Uh, I had been managing the Rosemead GameStop, uh, 2257, as my brain recalls, because I had to write that number down every day for a year uh, when I managed that store. And uh, I, I had been working hard, you know, being trying to be a good store manager, trying to move up within the company. I had whatever delusions a young man of, what, 26 years old, that point I'm like all right cool I'm like I want to move up I'm a I was working hard for my district manager and I I've been given extra work because that's what you do my my buddy Rolando he was he actually was in the program to, to move up the, the the map program whatever they called it where like uh, for the, whatever the acronym stood for it's not important it was like you were on a roadmap to become a district manager and you become an area manager become a district manager. Uh, uh, my good man Rolando here, he's a family man, so he, he um, wasn't going to be able to uproot his life, which is what is usually required of a candidate at GameStop to move on and become a digital manager. Like, oh, you have to uproot your entire life and go to somewhere else in the country, because that's where we need someone right now. But then was me, I was, a, I was a young single man at that point, so I, I, I would have been more than happy to ruin my life, to, to move up for more money. So. I was slowly making my way up. My, our, our boss at the time, uh, his name was Osh. We'll just leave it at that for now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that's right. Rolando, they asked you to move to Arizona. And you were like, nah, not happening. <laughs> and so, Osh, like, he, he realized that, okay, my, my, my store performance wasn't great, but he, 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 he saw the potential in me. He saw the, the, the crazy brain 
my storm in Roseman wasn't very good, so to speak. There's a lot of varying factors as to uh, that statistically that storm did not work, but everything that I could control was good. My, my boss is always astounded, like, why is every price in here correct? I'm like, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Like, he goes to other stores, and the prices would be wrong all the time. He'd pull a game off the like he can do the same called the price check game where you check like 20 games and like oh everyone everyone always has one that's wrong and he came to our store and like he pulled a hundred like he pulled 20 none of them were wrong and I'm like I don't know, keep going <laughs> because if, if Java was on I was a relentless taskmaster I'm like hey motherfuckers if you ain't doing shit there's something to be done go, go check all the damn labels <laughs> Jai was always very annoyed I'm like don't be standing around there doing the the, the GameStop shuffle, that's when employees would be swinging their keys around like this. If you're watching the video, they all would be swinging their keys around. If I see you guys do that, that means there's something to be done. So, my little store, it wasn't very busy. It was a very slow store, so we stayed on top of everything. I, I was a crazy slave, slave driver. I'm like, no, clean that. Get that organized. We're going to make the store look good. If we can't make money, we're always going to look good not making money. <laughs> So my store always looked great. So my, my, my boss, he, he saw that, okay, I was very well organized, but I wasn't evil enough to just swindle people because that, that, that was more of what they wanted. See, Rolando, you were also a good person. You, you, you tried to sway people in a, in a positive way. Uh, that's why I always liked when I worked for you and worked with you. It's like you, you, were always, you always had goodness in your heart, which is why you were not long for the GameStop world, much like myself. <laughs> And so I was trying to move up, but there, there was this other manager who was also trying to move. So I'm telling you all this because there was another manager who was trying to move up. We'll call him Martin. That may or may not be his real name. <laughs> and at this point, I had been put in charge of payroll for the whole district, where everyone had a core. I was coordinating how many hours everyone was spending. I was being given more responsibility with the with the intent of like, okay. We're going to, let's see how you handle extra responsibility. And, uh, the <laughs> yeah, see, Brian? Oh, see, there you go. I'm glad. Another GameStop person. You're too busy under Master Genie. Yeah, you had Genie. Oof. <laughs> you couldn't swing your lanyard around ever around Genie. Uh, so, this other guy, Martin, we'll just call him that. <laughs> he was getting his bosses here. Oh, no, you, you, you can't promote somebody whose performance isn't good. If they can't perform, then they can't be a good manager. And and so eventually, oh, I had my, because uh, I was given, oh, I was I was sent to off to go check on their stores and make them look good. Yeah, Brian, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, eventually all this stuff was taken away from me. I was like, oh, no, you have to focus on your store. You need to get your performance up. It's like, oh, man. So I, 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 I was kicked off the, so to speak, track of becoming a manager. So I already didn't like this guy. So fast forward like a month or two later, and um, uh, the, the, the dumb laser printer in my store, the, the, the toner had run out. So I called my boss, hey, Osho, I need a, I was like, we need toner. <laughs> like the, 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 the go, does anybody have an extra toner? Because the supply is not going to show up in time. If I place an order today, it's not going to show up. Oh, okay, I'll send Martin over of one. I'm like, oh, great. So someone has spare toner. He brought it over to me. And then he's like, hey, Drea, you better watch out with your performance. If your performances get better, you have to look out. So Something might happen. And I was like, I'm sorry, I beg your pardon, what did you say? He said, I said, uh, yeah, yeah, your performance, if it doesn't get better, yeah, you better watch out. I'm like, I better watch out for what? I'm dumb, Martin. I'm going to need you to be a little more clear. What are you trying to tell me, fellow Stormatch A peer? And well, he's he's the lapdog of the of the district manager. But uh, he, I'm like, why are you threatening? Are, are you threatening my job? Are you saying that my job's in danger? You're just another. You're not. I call my boss. Like, hey, hey, gosh, am I in trouble? Your coffee boy here is intimating that uh, I, I'm gonna be fired. A am I gonna be fired? I am I in danger of losing my job? Because your coffee boy is telling me this. Why is uh, your coffee boy intimating this to my face? So, oh, no, 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 no. Martin, Martin, ste Martin stepped over the line there. I'm like, ah, yeah. 
Yes, Ryan. He is Dwight. That guy is literally... Oh, my God. <laughs> he is Dwight from The Office. And so, my boss gets on the phone with, with this Martin, with Dwight. <laughs> Maybe we should call him Dwight from here on out. But he gets on the phone with Dwight here. And then he, he calls my store. Oh, Dre, I think we had a misunderstanding. I'm like, we didn't have a misunderstanding. I, you knew exactly what you were doing. Oh, well, I have to apologize. Like, apology not accepted. <laughs> Hang up. I'm like, I, got, I want nothing to do with you. I was like, no, <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> it was fun. And what was great, though, was like a couple weeks later, one of, his, one of his, one his, his assistant manager, one of his assistant managers, she, she kept trying to bring stolen GameStop credits and cash them out of my store. Uh, I think she had been successful before. She'd always wear a low-cut top. And good old Jai be swayed very easily <laughs> uh, with a he could be Jedi mind church with boobs. So like she'd bring him, she'd bring Jai. Oh, I have this extra credit. Can you just cash it out? And Jai's like boobs, boob boobs, boobs. Here's your money. <laughs> she tried that trick with me, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> he was super high speed for GameStop. Oh yeah. <laughs> she tried that trick with me flashing her boobies and asking me to cash out a credit. I'm like, oh, you're not insert name, whatever. Like, this isn't you. You stole this from your store. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to keep this and I'm going to go call, uh, I'm going to call freaking, uh, what do we call it? HR or, uh, or loss. I'm going to go call loss prevention. Bye. <laughs> I call up lot. And I was like, I, I, I was direct with loss prevention. At this point, I already claimed many lives at GameStop. <laughs> I, I was, the, I was the grim reaper. <laughs> For, for some people, if you if you broke the law in front of me at GameStop, I was like, well, if I don't say anything, I'm complicit. Your ass is fired. I'm getting you out of my sight. Uh, and so yeah, no, I called up I, I called up a lost friend. Said, Yo, this lady from fucking eight three seven or whatever the freaking passing the store number was. I'm like, yeah, she gotta go. She was bringing my store freaking stolen credits. But dunk. And uh, I remember Martin gave me a call. Oh, why'd you get why'd you get my assistant fired? I'm like. I, I didn't get your assistant fired. She got herself fired. She just made the dumb mistake of coming to my store to try to cash out this nonsense. <laughs> and so now, yeah, we've established a mutual dislike of each other. So fast forward, probably like a year or two later, I had already left. I, I had left GameStop. And I was working for Nintendo. I was uh, being a good old Nintendo rep. And I was uh, you know, just wandering the earth like I normally do. And there was one day where I walked into the, ironically, Brian, yeah, no mercy for thieves. That's that's right, Rolando. No, I had no mercy for thieves. There's another. I got plenty of stories, but let's just focus on this one. <laughs> so a couple years ago, I happened to walk into the Glendale GameStop. If memory serves, five oh two. God, why are all these numbers like programmed in my brain? I'm at the Glendale GameStop, and then for whatever reason, I guess. Well, Martin had stabbed enough people, kissed enough ass. He had moved up. He got to be district manager, and he was touring. I guess what I guess what GameStop would do is like they'd have a district manager and a couple other managers go visit other stores. Four for four, Alhambra. <laughs> they go visit stores in other districts, and so Martin happened to walk into that store and. Fortunately for me, or unfortunately for him, one of my friends, uh, a, a good buddy of mine, and and, uh, and Rolando, uh, Mars or Marcelino, happened to be with them because they they're all met. This he had, he had taken over the old district that I used to work at, and so they walk in to the store, and so I had already been I I had already, already heard through the grapevine because all all my game stops it was always very much like a like a network of, of thieves I swear or a network of and then not not thieves I should say a network of uh, uh, but chicken heads. I all kinds of information <laughs> would always be passed to me, especially when I was a Nintendo rep, because I'm hitting 50 GameStops a month, and being the GameStop psychiatrist that I was, people would always be feeding me information. So I already heard that Martin had been. He was back in LA. He he got sent off somewhere else to be an air manager. He came back to be district manager. So he walks in the store with with Mars, and I forget the who the two other people were. I probably remembered back then, but right now I couldn't be. I I couldn't. I couldn't remember at all. But I just know Mars was there, and that because that was important. So I see Martin, 
and of course me being the super arrogant Nintendo rep, I moved on from GameStop and ha ha ha. Like, hey, look, Marty, how's it going? I heard you got promoted, buddy. Good job. Now instead of getting Osh's coffee, now you can send someone to go get coffee for you. Doesn't that feel great? You don't have to be licking boots or whatever. That's awesome. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. And that exact same tone. <laughs> Just want to dunk on him. Give him the old shack on Chris Dudley, the little teabag, into his face. <laughs> the dunk. And uh, it was great because later on... <laughs> Uh, so I, I was on my way out of the store and I was just like laughing I, I had a great time I saw my buddy Mars in the background like he was like damn he was just like he couldn't help but laugh a little bit in the background and so I ran into Mars later at his store I think because at that point I think he was like in West Covina or something I walked into a store I'm like hey what's up Mars and he's like dude you made him so mad I'm like yeah that was the goal <laughs> I carry that petty grudge because <laughs> there's nothing that keeps you alive longer than some petty petty hate that just keeps you go it just that's what drives people you have to ask though the 105 year old man what's kept you alive spite <laughs> I had to outlive my enemy <laughs> man just that that just dunking on him just felt so good and then unfortunately later I remember my boss uh, because I, he, my boss told me you, ha you have to stop dunking on these guys <laughs> they're going to start complaining I'm like no what do you mean they're going to start complaining what are they going to do <laughs> I love dunking on these fools it's funny because like on the other side of California the other side of LA Ventura County I was friends with everybody everybody loved me it's just this guy that hates me because of our previous previously uh, established mutual dislike because I was a threat to him and he had to assassinate me so I had to turn around and make his life incredibly difficult which I did a few times I mean I, it's funny because when Rolando and, Rolando and I and Sean and Jai, we were talking about the GameStop, and I think it was after last week's episode, but we were texting back and forth. I was, I was going through LinkedIn. I, I was going through the LinkedIn of the, the, the district manager, of the uh, the last district manager I worked for, and seeing like all the all the mutuals, and I saw that old uh, old Marty is still there. I think he's like a, a regional manager in the north. He Man, a testament to the the amount of uh, of, of cocksucking that guy has done. Because I remember the, the last I had heard of him was he had done something really bad. I don't know what it was, but he has some sort of freaking blackmail on somebody. He because I don't know, he he started working for that company when he was like a teenager, and uh, he had done something horrible. I don't know what he did. Yeah, you know, if he sexually harassed somebody. Or if he did something dumb, he got instead of firing him, they sent him to Texas, and he and he he and ironically he got to run payroll for a little while, for a while. So they they stat instead of firing him, they stashed him somewhere. Like must the, the, he must have the greatest blackmail on people from just years and years of just worming around and just being freaking like uh, just. Uh, what, what, that's another, he's, he's like the little finger from Game of Thrones. He just worms his way through everyone. I don't know how many managers would tell me of all the terrible things that he did when he was younger. Like I, I remember running into this one dude in Eagle Rock and was telling me, Oh, Martin, F that guy. <laughs> that guy was stealing stuff, doing this, doing that. But it, the guy must think he's invincible at this point. I say, Brian, you had to suffer under him when I think he, when he became just your manager. I, I, I forgot when I, I think I ran into him at, at that Alhambra store later on. Yeah, the, the, the guy is just, yeah, he's Littlefinger. He, he's, he, he's, he's Dwight. He's the Littlefinger. Like, you just go to any piece of uh, literature. He's like Starscream. He's like, go to any piece of fiction where there's a smarmy person who just worms their way up. That's who that guy is. And, and that's why I had to dunk on him as hard any chance I had. I just dunked on him. I think the time I ran into him at Alhambra, I think I was giving him shit because he had like grown a goatee. I'm like, what's going on, man? You're trying to look like me? You know, that's my thing, right? <laughs> you should be doing the porn stash. You've been doing the porn stash for years. That was your brand. <laughs> You're trying to do a goatee? 
Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Just this guy is just like warm assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> but he he just like Dwight, he he did make it. I, I think I think his uh, his LinkedIn said uh, regional manager probably in like San Francisco. He 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 has uprooted his life. Uh, like everywhere he's gone, uh, he's done everything. He he has spent. God, if that was two thousand and five, that's freaking sixteen years ago. And who, after, I don't know how long he'd already been working there. So this guy probably has given half of his life to GameStop. And out of loyalty or out of just who knows what, he has survived. Just depends on how this you know stock thing goes. The, the, the company will continue. Obviously, Wall Street was trying to bankrupt GameStop. Which, as, as my current bosses have told me, is not not a good thing. I know, Brian, you, you probably would be happy to see old GameStop go by the wayside. I know, Rolando, you're a good man, so you you wouldn't want to see a bunch of people lose their jobs. Um, I, I, prior to my current job in video game distribution, I would have been like, bye GameStop, peace, deuces. But, as I've said here before, and I'll, I'll keep saying it, until they survive I'll keep saying as long as they survive or until they reach their untimely demise it, GameStop going out of business is technically a bad thing for the video game industry and if I didn't explain this before I'll, I'll explain it again my because I my, my like I've, I've talked about last week my, my bosses have been on this GameStop stock thing even before reddit that like my boss has been watching them because they're one of our big clients at my job, you know. Brian, this might be some news to you. Maybe, Rolando, if you haven't heard this before. Um, I think, Rolando, you've probably heard this story before. GameStop buys brand new games from my company, turns them around, and sells them as used. They, if they shore up their used stock with our leftovers. <laughs> they, they, they come to my boss, and they go, all right, send us like 2,000 copies of Lego Harry Potter for PS4. Okay. 2,000 copies of Lego Harry Potter for PS4. They'll buy that. Get sent off to Grapevine, Texas. They got a machine. They'll just rip off the shrink wrap. They slap a refurbished label on it. Slap a used label on it. And take one of each of those and send them out to each store. In a, in a distro. Oh, here you go. Here's a used copy of Lego Harry Potter for PS4. Because I'm sure, Brian, you, you, see, you may have noticed sometimes. I, I noticed this way back when, 20 years ago. When we, we get distros in from from Grapevine, Texas. I'm like, wow, this is a used game. It looks like it's never seen the inside of a system. That's because it hasn't. That's because my boss will go and get stuff and turn around. My boss will get stuff cheap and then turn around and sell it to GameStop and GameStop will sell it as used. Like if you oh you know that game's relatively new. How did we how did how are there trade-ins for that game? Because my boss probably got a really good deal, turned around and said, Hey, GameStop's third party in between who buys it. it, it, it it's not GameStop directly buying it. it there's, a, there's another third party. There's so, many, there's so many smoke and mirrors in this video game business that I've learned in the last two years. It's wild. It's like, oh, okay. We'll send them, you know, five. Of the, they bought all of our copies. Of, well, one of the games from the publisher we work with exclusively, I think it was, I think they bought all of our copies of Yonder for Switch. They're going to turn around, sell them all as used. Everything, my boss said, yeah, anytime, anything we send to GameStop, yeah, they're just going to sell it as used. And I remember the first time I heard that, blew my mind. I was like, what the hell? But, because on their profit sheets, oh, look, look at all this used we sold. Look how profitable we are. And you wonder why they've been in trouble. Like, can they keep doing all this shady stuff? It's a, it's it's out of control, but to get back to my original point, this is why my bosses are so interested. <laughs> we sell them a lot of stuff up until uh, yeah, heat them up, sell them as new, ha. <laughs> Which ironically was probably defeating the purpose of <laughs> of what GameStop wanted. The GameStop wanted those sold as used, so it looks better on their profit sheets. Oh, look, we profited. Instead of only making freaking uh, 8 or $10 on that new game, look, we made $20 off this used game. 
on, on the PNL side. The, the one time Oz showed me those PNL sheets, where my, my store was was number two in the country selling brand new PSPs, which made me the worst store in uh, in profit and loss because oh. My used category was only 10% of my store because I was selling so much new hardware. Every every person in Rosemead wanted a brand new PSP back in 2005. I was selling 20 a day, <laughs> which was bad for my job, apparently. <laughs> but again, I, I, I keep taking myself off the point here. My bosses are interested. We sell a lot to them. Hell, we, I think we got... My boss is like, we have outstanding invoices from them. We need them to survive so they pay off those bills. <laughs> they owe us thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> they, they, they're buying stuff on terms. We're giving them, you know, 90 days to pay or 120 days to pay <laughs> these invoices. They they go out of business. It's like, what the hell? No. We can't have them declaring bankruptcy anytime soon. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, you guys owe us 120 grand. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's no bankruptcy going on here. <laughs> So my, my bosses are very uh, are very invested in the survival of well, see directly see it affects us but overall let me let me tell you why it's bad for the video game it's, it's bad for my company but overall if GameStop goes out of business that's forty percent of video games sold in America even though they are you know that they have a lot of negative perception you know the beginning of the pandemic was not good for for GameStop they were you know looking bad but they still I mean I'm sure at their peak they probably were like neck and neck with freaking with Walmart because Walmart had always been like the leader in video games but I think they've taken a step back and GameStop currently is the the market leader for better or for worse if you take out the market leader you take out that 40% uh, that's not all gonna get absorbed by Amazon or Target or Walmart or Best Buy, they're not going to absorb that entire 40%. Only, I, you don't know how much of that's going to get absorbed. And GameStop's one of the leading proponents in selling physical games. It's going to really hurt the industry because if GameStop goes away, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have enough systems to buy it. Well, they moved a lot of software, 40%. But it's still a lot of software. A lot of games might not get published if GameStop isn't there to to buy the brand new ones because your average Best Buy isn't carrying a lot of new stuff. You, you look at the video game sections of like your major retailers like your Targets and your Walmarts. They used to have giant video game sections, but if you're if you're not like me, I'm always I've always been paying attention. You know, when I was a rep, and now I'm not a rep anymore, but I still look at the video game section, and I see how much space is dedicated to the games, and how much effort is being put into maintaining that section. Your major retailers don't care about video games. They're not going to be able to absorb that. GameStop, for as terrible as they are, they are still dedicated to games. I mean, granted, one could argue they're much more focused on selling all that think geek stuff. But they still sell a lot of games for better or for worse. If that goes away, it just makes the world easier to just push physical games out and only go digital. Activision really wants What do I do now? I work for a major video game distributor out here on the West Coast. <laughs> they move a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's what I, I'm currently doing. You go check out my Instagram, you see a bunch of the ridiculous photos I'll post. And that's not even like the, ice, the tip of the iceberg of the stuff that my bosses would get mad at me if I posted. <laughs> if I just started posting, hey, here's an entire palette of, of the game. That's 5,000 copies of the, the last 5,000 copies of an old PS1 game. Just sitting right there, because we control that. I work for a major video game distributor. And one of our many, we have many different forms, but we, we sell, I, I, I handle a lot of video games now. <laughs> we, we supply many companies, GameStop being one of them, but we supply a lot of different people all around the world. See, Brian, see, you are one of the people only doing digital. 
and that number, the number of people only doing digital is growing, but that's not necessarily good for the business overall. If everybody goes only digital, then we've lost all ownership, all whatever ownership we thought we had. <laughs> uh, because the, 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 see, Brian, the, the major problem I've always had with digital is digital media rights. See, you buy one game and my, your friend gets it for free. That's cool until Microsoft or Sony decides, okay, we're turning that game off. <laughs> it's in the, the long terms and agreement, the end user license agreement. You, you don't buy a game, you're buying a license. A license that can be revoked at any time. That's why there's so many old people like me who gravitate more towards older games that uh, they can't literally reach in and take away from you. It's like, all, especially all these people who put money into free-to-play games have no idea. Once these companies are done with you, you can't go back and play. The, that's, the, that's the problem with the only digital games. Like, It can be taken away from you the blink of an eye. Let, let, let's say you're playing some sort of licensed game. <laughs> A game that's based... Yeah, yeah. Server space is expensive. They won't be around forever. Yeah, that's... that's that's the crazy thing. Uh, once something has outlived its usefulness, they're gonna just shut it off. It, it blows my mind. Like all these different games that people like, like because right now it, it's bigger on the phone. The phone games. That's that's the scariest thing. Pumping money into these free phone games that like just one day, just like oh, this isn't profitable anymore. All right, flip the switch, shut it off. What? I, I want to keep playing this game. No, you, you can't play it anymore. It's we're not making money anymore. It's gone. My old Super Nintendo. <laughs> pop in my copy of Chrono Trigger. That'll keep working as long as I have a television. <laughs> and, a, and a power supply. <laughs> All this digital only. It's, it's convenient. Don't get me wrong. I have PlayStation Plus. But I have no delusions that I own those games. I stopped paying for PlayStation Plus. I don't have those games either. My license is revoked. I, I, there's games where like they're digital only. That that's why that that company Limited Run Games, that they are run. They are very mismanaged, but they are a very successful company in spite of their own mismanagement, because they know physical like you as long as you have that physical disc or that physical cartridge. They can't take away your access to, well, at least single player. Your online multiplayer, that's another story. <laughs> Unless uh, uh, what's been happening lately, people on their PS3s are, are creating their own private servers. We've been selling uh, this old PS3 game called Warhawk. It's been selling again. Like, why is this game selling? <laughs> Can I at least get a light bulb shut off like you just did? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Uh, I think your, your question derailed my train of thought. Damn. I hate when this happens to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, see, limited running out. You gotta have that physical disc. They can't take it away. They can't take away the physical disc. But, oh no, what's happening? That Warhawk has been selling. And then, SOCOM Confrontation. We sold out of every copy of SOCOM Confrontation that we have. You know, we're almost like a game that hadn't sold in literal years. All of a sudden, SOCOM sold out. Warhawk were selling through. It's like, what? We, we hadn't sold Warhawk games. People uh, are creating their own, because uh, those games are multiplayer, online multiplayer only. But you can trick your PS3. You can create a fake. They, people are creating their own servers so they can play the game. Uh, that's It's going to take that kind of stuff. But people are finding they have to go get the the old disc the, that that they have to get the physical disc get their ps3 hook it up uh, trick the ps3 into connecting into the server and they can go play these old games that are multiplayer online only but that will only happen if there's some crazy person out there willing to create a private server and then let people in the the world of video games it, 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 as the technology advances it is getting much more complicated 
That's why it's been a pain in my ass because I, I, I want to find some old GameCube games because I don't need the internet for those. But with the pandemic and all this crazy collecting, all these old GameCube games are skyrocketing in price. I mean, thankfully, I have a bunch of the rare ones already from you know working at Nintendo and just being a GameCube guy before it, it became a collector's item. But... Yeah, you and your friend know... You, you, well, at least you know. You, you're aware that, like... It's not going to last. But what's crazy is now, so the thing that I think the thing that bothers me is now there's a generation of young gamers that are totally okay with this. Because, like, when. Because whenever Fortnite <laughs> stops being, you know, profitable, that's going to go away. But then I'm sure in a lot of the, the young, this younger generation's mind, it's like, oh, they'll just move on to the next game. Whatever the new Fortnite is at that future point because you know hey I'm going to play this right now I don't want to have to buy any physical games hey I'm just playing for free and I'll just put money in when I feel like it, it, it the, the this whole industry that it, it, it slowly you know <laughs> it, it's slowly slipping away from the gamers and but they don't know it and, and some of them just don't care it, it, it's who cares about owning an old game, owning your game? That it's, it's, it's honestly, it's not as important to this younger generation. I feel like I don't know if it's a this generation coming up or the next one, or it's that's where digital will completely take over. Yeah, it's easier for newer generations to let go because there's so much more content. That that the great Ryan Tanaka on Facebook Live right there. He, I think it's easier for newer generations to let go because there's so much more content. That's true. It, 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 it's uh, it, it's crazy because uh, getting stuff published is so hard my, like my boss helps to get stuff published that might not have made it before it's it's crazy like, that, that's how we you know, at, at work we have exclusives that only Amazon can buy from us we're the only ones who have it that's why my boss you know they are he'll 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 help fund the game to get published physically and then we're the only ones who have it. <laughs> or like we're, we work with a publisher. Like the biggest game we had recently was Streets of Rage 4. We had the physical copies. <laughs> we, 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 get them, we got them out there to everybody. Amazon buys a few thousand from us every month. Because <laughs> they keep selling through. Like, oh, we sold all the copies of Streets of Rage 4. Can you send us some? We'd like to buy some more from, from you. So we can sell it on Amazon. It's... The, the world is my, my bosses are still trying to keep physical going. They, 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 it, it's in it's in my boss's best interest for physical games to keep going. <laughs> but I, I I know from my boss's perspective, they like they want to keep going, but they know the industry as a whole. If it goes all digital, I, I said earlier, this is what Activision wants. I'm sure passively a lot of a lot of the other publishers they want digital only. Because they don't have to pay anything to pr to produce a physical disc, they just collect the sixty bucks for the coding, which they can take away from you and then make you go buy something else. Oh, sorry, that game. Oh, oh, it's not going to work anymore. You have to get the new season. <laughs> when am I getting you a new Xbox? Good luck with that, buddy. We only deal with software. Hardware is a fool's game right now. <laughs> Especially right now. People keep calling us for PS5s and we just laugh at them. It's like, we don't carry hardware, you fools. We only carry the stuff that's profitable, the games. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I, 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 I cite Activision specifically because we, we my, at, at our job, we, we go to, hey, we'd like to print 10,000 copies of, uh, of, uh, of insert Call of Duty game. And... Activision's like, no, we don't want to. Like, no, we, we have the money. <laughs> Here's a truck of money. We'd like 10,000 copies of insert Call of Duty game that we, we just sold out recently. Like, nope, we don't want to print it. Um, okay, how about you print this other Activision game? Nope, we don't want to. Okay, fuck us then. <laughs> We have to go find somebody else who already has had the games printed for them, or or someone else who they're willing to play ball with. 
it, it's funny because it used to be where they, they were getting close to not hitting their goals. And then he called my boss, hey, how's it going, Dre's boss? Would you like a bunch of copies of Call of Duty Ghost, Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 3? Would you like, we want to print, you want, you want some print runs of those? We'll do some print runs of those if you, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars? If we, we'd love, we'd love to print you a bunch of games. But now, because the pandemic, a lot more people are going digital, and now they're a little more comfortable with this digital only. They're like, my boss goes, hey, can I get some stuff made? No, we're not, we're not building anything right now. Sorry, thank you. They're only building for, you know, they, they, they built Tony Hawk 1 and 2, and they put that out, and then, uh, oh, we're good. They, they built Call of Duty uh, Cold War, whatever they, they, they planned on building, that's the term. Printing, building, those are analogies right there. Are they printing a game, or reprinting, or it's a rebuild. We're going to rebuild 10,000 copies. We're going to rebuild 5,000 copies. My, 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 my boss goes, hey... Yeah, need some yeah, Call of Duty Ghosts on PS4. We, we, we want more of that. We, we're selling it like crazy. Nope. No thank you. Nope. No thank you. We, we want to give you money. They'd rather sell digital copies because they don't have to deal with us. They just go directly to the consumer. Give us the money for Call of Duty Ghosts directly, digitally, please. Huh. Insane. I think that... The only, the only thing they did for us recently was some stuff for Black Friday. We got some Spyro games. <laughs> we got Spyro, and we got Crash Team Racing. That's what that's what they were willing to play ball with us. Like, oh, we're, we're, we're willing to do stuff that's on Black Friday ads. That's it. <laughs> like, huh, okay. But no, not playing ball in Call of Duty. They're like, no, no, we want to sell digital-only Call of Duty. And, uh, and it, they're the evil empire, but all those other companies, they... they, they they don't want to make stuff either. Uh, right? Oh, we're we're okay right now. If GameStop goes out of business, that's where, that's where. I was like, oh, that's not good. I think uh, the, the joke my boss keeps making is if uh, if they go out of business, we'll be okay for about 10, 15 years with the with the inventory we have right now. <laughs> that kind of puts a little like, oh, we can make it about 10, 15 years with what we have right now, but. I think my bosses want to keep going longer than that. <laughs> they want to leave something for their <laughs> families. <laughs> or something that they could sell to someone else. <laughs> Somewhere down the line. <laughs> not have, not put a, an end date on, oh, okay, our business is going to end in X amount of years. That's why, <laughs> ironically, my boss is actually trying to work with GameStop. And trying to help them fix their business model. That's how important it is to us. And that's how it is should be important to the entire industry. My boss has a crazy idea for GameStop of something they should do. I, I Naturally, I can't divulge that to you guys here, even though there's a limited number of viewers, but nah, I can't betray the trust of my boss. <laughs> of of his, his crazy idea to save GameStop. It's a, it, it's a fun one. I can't wait to see if they listen. <laughs> I don't think they will, but... <laughs> It's just, yeah, the, the, the stuff I have learned about video games in the, the past two years has blown my mind. I, I, I've, I've, clearly, I've loved video games since the first time I touched an Atari as a child. And I, the, 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 right now, I, I still, you know, I got to work for GameStop. I got to work for Nintendo directly. And now I, I'm working at this crazy video game distributor. And I've, I've got to learn more than I probably should have ever learned. <laughs> and the, just hearing the stories of my bosses, because they, they used to run a bunch of stores. They, they used to have physical stores. Yep. Yeah. See right there, uh, Damon right here on, on Facebook Live. Most Instagram accounts he follows love physical. Collectors want tangibility. Yeah, and then he you realize they're not the mass market. That 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 inherently is the is the problem. It's like the mass market. A lot of the, this next generation doesn't they they the same people who love just watching stuff on streaming. Uh, uh, I don't think the internet will ever get good enough here in America where they can literally stream video games. Uh, if, side note: Google today announced that they're scaling back all their Stadia stuff. That was the big threat to streaming video games, right there. And Google, being Google, could not uh, hold their shit together because 
as Google does. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, you made it just in time for the tail end of the live show here. Yeah, Google does what they always do. They come up with a really cool idea and then realize, oh no, we can't execute it. So they're making the Stadia platform available to all developers, but they are no longer investing in making games for Stadia. They are scaling back. They are losing their interest again, just like they did with Google+, Plus, just like they did with Google Fiber, just like they did with all their, any of the other super ambitious Google projects that are bigger than, their, their vision is bigger than their ability. All the stuff they promised with Stadia. All right. All right. Uh, th thanks for coming. You, you showed up for the for for a good one, Brian. The, 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 you showed up for a GameStop one. Maybe the algorithms shot it at you because they know you used to work there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. This whole the whole industry. It's uh, being held. My, my my boss likes to to joke about it's being held together by a bunch of idiots. <laughs> And we have to, and then we have to carefully manage a lot of these idiots. <laughs> Again, just, I mean, when you pull back the cover, you're like, "Whoa, how, how does this? Uh, how does this, how does this industry keep going? <laughs> it's nuts." Uh, if you want to see more, uh, if you guys want to see more photos from inside the crazy video game distribution job that I have, make sure to follow me on, on Instagram at DreGPPodcast. I didn't get to post anything today because it was a, uh, it, it was it was busy. <laughs> We're always busy there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DreGP Podcast. If you're not, uh, for those of you watching on Facebook, you already know. But if you're if you're not watching this on Facebook, if you happen to be watching this on YouTube when I post this eventually somewhere in the line, uh, follow us on Facebook to watch the live show. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash DreGP Podcast. Um, uh, all of our stuff. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot better job of getting all of our archives up, especially if uh, if Apple takes down Facebook, I'm going to have to archive everything onto YouTube. <laughs> There's some crazy article I saw that Apple is going to take on Facebook right now. So I'm going to be, I'm working doubly hard to archive all the old episodes onto YouTube. <laughs> I'm trying to like, it, it's funny when I, when I go back, and try to pull, I, I pulled an episode from, I think I pulled episode 26 off of Facebook. It took like an hour and a half to download because uh, Facebook is not prioritizing four-year-old videos for downloads. I, I, when I go down, if I go download this video, it'll download in three minutes, but <laughs> oh, year and a half old episode? Oh no, that's gonna be an hour and a half, 40 minutes, uh, uh, two hours to download that old episode so I can flip it back onto YouTube with a nice fresh coat of paint. Season one, episode 26 or whatever. <laughs> So be sure to check out our, our YouTube page. We're getting more subscribers. There's a lot of classic content going up on there, and our, our recent content is being thrown up there right now. I've been premiering new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. Well, premiering old episodes, but new, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 10 a.m. Um, and then, of course, our Patreon. Uh, go to our Patreon. We have awesome patrons. Both of them were, were, on, were on today, uh, both Daniel Wong and... Uh, Ryan Saga, our awesome patrons who help so, who help support the uh, the logistics behind uh, running this show on a weekly basis and keeping it up on the internet. Uh, if you want to join Patreon and help us out, even a dollar a month helps keep pay for all the hosting fees and server fees, which adds up over time. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Dre, G, uh, Dre's Geek Philosophy Podcast. Uh, thanks for watching. We'll see. We'll be back here next Monday night. Um, I want to put up a video. I, 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 I always make this promise. I want to put up a video, but we're very busy at work. So I, I have been unable to make videos at work. I'm a victim of my own success. Dang it. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you guys next week.